Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Hi and welcome to Friday's episode on ADHD on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I have over the years spoken to and worked with many, many mums whose kids have ADHD. And for those of you who do not know, and this is new to you, I also have a son with ADHD. He's now 18 and he was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 13. So I've had five years of personal experience with it myself. And over these last years, I have gained so much insight and wisdom from the mums that I have worked with, from the mums I have spoken to. And I thought it would be a really cool thing for me to share with you some of the things they wish they would have done differently if they'd known to do so sooner. So I'm going to have a three-part series right here starting today titled, I wish I knew then what I know now. And in each of those three episodes, I will be sharing with you nuggets and pieces of wisdom from myself and from other mums. I'm not going to differentiate who who said what and whether they were mine or someone else's because when I put them all together and I compiled this long list and split it into three There are things, everything is something that I've experienced and I'm quite sure every single thing is something that you've experienced. But it's nice to have them all in one place. So this will be like a bank of information, of hindsight really, which is a great thing. So in this part, I'm going to be looking at a few things that I think are pretty cool actually and things that you might not consider or might not think that they are obvious. And yet when I mention them, you'll probably go, oh yeah. So the most obvious one is I have to start with technology and the cell phones. And, you know, five years ago, cell phones were nowhere near as intrusive and invasive as they are now. And many mums now um, will be listening to this thinking, you know, what what can I do? What can I do that that will make a big difference in my life with my child with ADHD? And I would say, I don't for whatever age your child is at, is delaying the use and dependency on cell phones as much as you possibly can. There's one uh, psychiatrist, leading psychiatrist, Victoria Dunkley, who does a lot of work with ADHD and who is a uh, guru on the effects of cell phones on our brains. And she actually goes as far as saying that in many cases, she will not test a child for ADHD until they have had a four-week screen detox. And I've done an episode on the podcast on this. 
So if you are interested in that one, look back to, I'm going to try and find which episode it was that I put that in. And it is on episode uh, 254, ready for a screen detox. So take, take a look at that so I don't have to repeat myself here. But too much screen time on the brain of a child who does not have ADHD causes symptoms like ADHD. So if your child has ADHD, the cell phone is going to compound those symptoms significantly. So so trying to reduce or re remove the use of cell phones for certainly you know large parts of the day and being really good with your boundaries on technology. I think that's some that's something that many, many mums kind of regret. They they knew that it was not a good thing. And they said, you know, but at the end of the day, it, it's an easy thing for me to just give in to because it's a bit of a babysitter and it keeps them occupied. But it does have its it has its downfall, especially on kids with ADHD. They become zombie like they become but then in in on this on the same um in the same way it can kind of overstimulate them and make them very unmo unmotivated as well so it it is can cause all sorts of problems so being good with your boundaries and again i've done many episodes on the on the podcast on how to be good with boundaries the main one being this it's really easy to set a boundary to say no screens they're over now you know put your screen away, that's it for the day. We say it, but we don't live it. We don't embody it. And when we don't live our boundaries, then the limits are, are, are ignored. So we have to live them. We have to embody them. We have to be them. And it, it requires a lot of effort on our part, but I think it's really, really important. The other thing that is a really cool thing and something that, you know, I know we have certainly kind of eased off on is the kind of traditions that we had as a family. You know, for years we did a Friday night movie night and I know lots of people that do that or they do a pizza night on a Friday night. And for some reason it kind of just has gone by the wayside and we don't do it so much. So those family traditions are really, really important um, because they're times to connect and when we're connected as a family, we're disconnected from technology. So, you know, when you are your Friday movie night or your Friday pizza night or your Sunday morning pancake morning or your hike on a Saturday afternoon or whatever it might be, going for an ice cream, um, have it screen free. The car ride to get the ice cream, no screens in the car. Use those moments to connect because that's really what kids love about the family about the traditions is it's a time to connect you know when you're sitting over a board game and then you start chit-chatting it's amazing so hold on to your family traditions for as long as you can and with regard to family traditions the other important thing is family meetings family meetings are the glue to the family they hold the family together they're like a central pillar where everybody knows what's going on. The problem is family meetings can often turn into a blame game and a point your finger at, you didn't do this, you should do this, 
Um, and that's really going to defeat the purpose of having family meetings. Again, I've done episodes on the podcast on family meetings, but they're so far back now, I'd have to go way back into my notes to find them. But you can scroll through and you'll find a few of them. They're really useful and a fantastic thing to help so many, help your children develop so many important life skills. The other key thing that's come through with many, many mums is to really try and simplify your life, to keep things as simple as possible. You know, we often think, gosh, where shall we go on holiday this year? And we think of all the far-flung places, and if we can afford them, you know, we often go. When in fact, you know, for younger kids, I always say sand is sand. Whether the sand is here in British Columbia, or it's on an island in Desolation Sound, or it's, you know, down the road, or it's a short trip somewhere. You know, we we tend to overcomplicate things and think kids need all the fancy bells and whistles. They don't. You watch kids at a beach playing, the, the, the actual beach is irrelevant. The water, where it is, irrelevant. It's the fact there is sand and water, or the fact that there is an amazing playground. I mean, how many times do you go to a really nice city and you want to look around and where do you end up? At the park. So a park's a park. So keep your life simple and think of think of ways to simplify. The other big one is we are so prone and conditioned to going with the shoulds in life. We should put our child into gymboree. We should um, give them access to music. We should make them play the piano. We should, they should be going to art. We're conditioned to believe of so in so many shoulds and it the temptation is to try and fit a square peg into a round hole. We can overlook the uniqueness of the child in front of us and try and make that child fit the mould when in fact no child fits a mould. There is no mould for every child because every child is different. So really look at what is it that makes your child the individual and unique spirit that they are and look to find things that work with them that they are naturally curious in, not just because their friend does it and not just because 50% of the class do it. Find something that your child that really resonates with your child and don't try and make them fit into something that's just never going to fit because you're going to be in resistance with them all the time. It's hard on you and it's hard on them. The other big one on the subject of, you know, not making them fit into a specific mould is to find the win. And I always remember in my parenting classes that I go to and I still go to, myself and my husband and seven other couples have been going to parent parent coaching with a counsellor for 14 years so when our youngest was three we started going and we go 10 times a year throughout the calendar year with the same 16 people and the same coach and it's amazing I always remember very early on or not super early on but we were talking I think we were talking about um, homework and some someone was struggling with their child because their child just hated doing math homework, couldn't do it. 
struggled with them, fought with them all the way. The resistance was horrific. And I remember our counsellor saying, find the win. And we were like, what do you mean find the win? And we're like, with the math? He goes, no, not with the math. The child is struggling with the math. The child doesn't doesn't gravitate towards math. It's not his thing. Therefore, he doesn't feel capable and he doesn't trust himself doing the math. Find the win somewhere else. It doesn't matter where it is. And the more I've heard this and the more I've I've seen it work in my own life with my kids, the more I validate this as being a really useful way to build your child's self-esteem. So the example this coach gave as he found that the child who hated math loved baseball. So he said, focus on the baseball. Really let him do as much of what he loves, the baseball. Go to the park in the winter, throw and catch. Go somewhere where he can hit the ball. You know, if you're at the beach throwing stones, turn it into a pebbles into the water or into a river. Turn it into baseball activities. Relate it to the baseball. Encourage them. Encourage them deeply. Notice the effort, notice the improvement and notice the journey where they were and where they are now. But we're not focused on the outcome. And in finding the win, you boost the child's self-esteem, self-confidence, self-reliance, their feelings of capability, their ability to trust in themselves. And all of that goodness begins to spill because it's within them. It spills into the areas in which they might be struggling so the win in baseball and all the feelings that are evoked in being confident and capable at baseball, those feelings of confidence and capability stay within the child. So when they're doing their math, they feel more confident. They feel more capable. They're more likely to trust themselves. They're more likely to, to be brave. So finding the win is really important. Ask yourself, what is the win for my child? Where do they feel they win? And I'm using win, not in the literal sense. Really, really important. And I've done it with my kids. And it's incredible just what it can, can do for them. We know for ourselves, when we've had a really great day doing something that we love, how do you feel? You feel amazing. You feel like you can take on the world. And then when you have to take on a challenge after and off the back of being in this amazing confidence space, the challenge is easier because you're naturally boosted from what you're naturally good at. So focusing on your child's strengths. And with ADHD, it's really, really important because so often we're, we're so, so we only see the weakness. We only see the things that are not going well. So make a list of all the things your child is really good at. Make a list of all their strengths. And read it every morning and read it every night so it's ingrained in you because that what you focus on grows. And it's focusing on all of that that will help your child be able to focus more, be able to pay attention, be able to perhaps sit still and not fidget as much. All the symptoms of ADHD will be, um, I'm not saying they're going to be less, but they're more manageable for the child when they're in a, a confident boosted place. So just to recap on this, delay the use and dependency of on cell phones for as long as you can and have Wi-Fi free days. 
hold better boundaries, embody and live the boundaries so that the limits stand. Super important. Hold on to your traditions, whatever they are, hold on to them. Create some and make sure you, you, you live by them and embody them. Family meetings, if you don't run family meetings, it's a really good place to start. For ADHD, super important because it's it's a place where there's order. It's a place where there might be schedule. It's a place where we're going to discuss what's coming up for the week. And those things are hard for kids with ADHD to remember, to schedule, to organize, to task plan, to be time effective. Keep life as simple as you can. Don't go for the fancy things keep them basic, sand is sand, keep holidays local, make them easy for you. Don't make your child fit into something and become something that they're not. It will never work. Find the natural fit and flow with that. Focus on that. And to finish, find the win. Whatever it may be, find the win, focus on the win and let you and your child see what happens when that win feeling begins to infiltrate into the not so winning situations. Don't forget to tune in next week for part two of I wish I knew then what I know now. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to being with you all next week. Bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.